Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Going Back to the Right Symphony. It shall be focused on the study of 1 Samuel chapter 6. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we see, Lord, the continuation of the ark and, Lord, the destruction that you wrought about those that did not reverence it and mishandled it. Father, we see eventually it returning to the hands of the Israelites. Father, this is a great lesson for us to know how much respect we ought to have of you and how we ought to approach you with reverence. We know you told our prophet if he would be sincere, Lord, that he would see more of you and more of your manifestation and power. So we pray, Father, help us to be sincere also so that we also can grow into heavenly places in Christ Jesus and grow to higher heights. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Samuel chapter 6. Chapter 6 And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, If ye send away the ark of the God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering. Then ye shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then said they, What shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden emeralds, and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For one plague was on you all and on your lords. Wherefore ye shall make images of your emeralds and images of your mice that mar the land, and ye shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure he will lighten his hand from off you, and from off your gods, and from off your land. Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts, as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go, and they departed? Now therefore make a new cart, and take two milch kine, on which there hath come no yoke, and tie the kine to the cart, and bring their calves home from them. And take the ark of the Lord, and lay it upon the cart, and put the jewels of gold, which ye return him for a trespass offering, in a coffer by the side thereof, and send it away, that it may go. And see, if it goeth up by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh, then he hath done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us. It was a chance that happened to us. And the men did so and took two milch kine, and tied them to the cart, and shut up their calves at home. And they laid the ark of the Lord upon the cart, and the coffer with the mice of gold, and the images of their emeralds. And the kine took the straight way to the way of Beth Shemesh, and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them unto the border of Beth Shemesh. And they of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. And the cart came into the field of Joshua, a Beth Shemite, and stood there where there was a great stone. And they clave the wood of the cart, and offered the kind of burnt offering unto the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord, and the coffer that was with it, wherein the jewels of gold were, 
and put them on the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices the same day unto the Lord. And when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. And these are the golden emeralds which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering unto the Lord. For Ashdod, one. For Geza, one. For Ascalon, one. For Gath, one. For Ekron, one. And the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both of fenced cities and of country villages, even unto the great stone of Abel, whereon they set down the ark of the Lord, which stone remaineth unto this day in the field of Joshua, the Bethshemite. And he smote the men of Beth Shemesh, because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. Even he smote of the people fifty thousand and threescore and ten men. And the people lamented, because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. And the man of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall he go up from us? And they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought again the ark of the Lord. Come ye down and fetch it up to you. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Mighty God Unveiled Before Us. It was preached in 1964 on June the 29th. We'll begin at paragraph 130 up to paragraph 174. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Then it was God in them days, it was God in a man, his son, Jesus Christ. We believe that, not just a prophet, not just an ordinary man, ordinary human. It was God in Christ, God in a man, the fullness of the Godhead bodily in a man. God in a man, now it's God in man. The fullness of God in the Godhead bodily in his entire church manifesting himself, fulfilling his word. Now we find God all ages has had skin on him. He, God has been hid behind a veil. It just reminds me of a, a little story that happened down in the south. And so there's a Christian home. And they, in this Christian home, they believe God and they, they thought that God protected them from all troubles, in which he does. And they had a little junior, a little boy, about seven or eight years old. And, and he went to Sunday school and was a very fine little lad, but he was scared in a storm, especially when lightning was flashing. And I told this to a man the other day when uh, this piece had come out about this man being healed. The same minister said, they make a God out of you, Brother Branham. Well, he was a critic, so I thought I'd just kind of break it off just a little bit, not to hurt, you know, but just kind of, I said, is that too far from the Scripture to be that? See, I said, no, it isn't. I said, because Jesus called prophets gods. See? That's right. God, and they say, well, you people try to take the place of God. That's not too far out. That's exactly what it is. Amen. It's exactly God manifested in flesh, Amen. just as he promised. Amen. This little family, we find it. I told him this little story, which come to my mind just now, that one night it come up a storm, and Mother said to Junior, said, Now, you go on upstairs, son, and go to bed. He said, Mama, I'm scared. And he said, Ain't nothing going to hurt you. Go on up and go to bed. Little Junior laid up there, and the lightning flashing around the windows. And the little fella 
got so nervous, he sticking his head on the cover, and he could still hear the, the lightning, or see the lightning flash on the windows and, and hear the thunder roar. So he said, Mama. And she said, What do you want, Junior? I said, Come up here and sleep with me. So uh, she come up the steps like any good, loyal mother would, and she came up and she took little Junior in her arms, and she said, Junior, Mother wishes to speak to you just a moment. I said, All right, Mama. I said, Now, you must bear this in mind. We go to church constantly. We read the Bible. We pray. We are a Christian family. We believe in God. And said, We believe that in storms and whatever goes on, God is our protection. He said, Mama, I believe every bit of that. But said, when that lightning's so close, he said, I, I want a God with skin on it. <laughs> so I, I think not only Junior, but all of us feel that way. When we get together, when we pray one for the other, God with skin on it. And we find out here that God has always had skin on him. When Moses seen him, he had skin on him. He looked like a man. When God was behind the curtains, he had skin on him. And God tonight in his church is veiled in his church with skin on it. He's still the same God tonight. We find that. But now as ever, the skin veil is what catches the traditions. They just can't believe it. That's God making them people act like that. See, it's because God's veiled in his church. In skin. Skin on it. That's right. He's hid from the unbeliever and revealed to the believer. Yes, sir. Now, uh, when the tradition veil of of traditions of the elders and the word is broke through, oh, of course, today then comes in plain view. We see him. Deity, again, veiled in human flesh. Hebrews 1 said so. And also Genesis 18. You remember, God was a man standing there eating and talking with Abraham and told what Sarah was doing in the tent behind it. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Deity veiled again in human flesh. Now remember, Jesus didn't say when the Son of God is being revealed. In Luke, the 17th chapter, I believe, and about the 21st verse, somewhere along there, he said, and when the Son of Man is being revealed... The Son of Man back in, in, in the church again, revealed in human beings. Not Son of God, but the Son of Man again, back in His church again in the last days. We find that He promised that in God's promises. We notice another thing. In the Old Testament, I have a scripture here in Exodus, that the old badger skins, what did it do? It hid the glory of God from the people. The badger skins. The people couldn't see it because it was the skin that held it. The skin was, the glory of God was behind the skin. And now the glory of God is behind your skin. And the traditions don't see it. It's inside the veil where his word was. What was on the inside of that skin back there, the old badger skins, which there was no beauty we should desire. And when it was made flesh and dwell among us, it was still no beauty we should desire. And now the same thing is today. There's nothing in a man or a woman that can be desired. But what's in behind there? That's what it is. Well, you say, that fellow I know used to be a drunkard. He used to do this. I don't care what he used to do. What's hid behind that skin? What is behind there? That's what counts. That's what the people is blinded. The skin blinds the people. See? They say, I remember that woman used to do. I know what she used to, but what about now? See? It, them skins, that was once on a badger. But now it's hiding the glory of God. 
got it housed behind it. It was on an animal. But now it's housing the glory of God. And so can your skin be changed tonight to be made a housing place for God, God dwelling in humanity. Not the old badger skins. We find out behind it was inside of there was the Word. And the Word there also was uh, the shoe bread. The ark was sprinkled. And what was it? The Shekinah glory was in there. Now the Word is a seed. And it cannot bring forth until the, sh- the sun strikes it. The sun's got to be up on the seed to make it bear, to make it come forth. And that's the only way you take the Word. See, take the Word of God in your heart and walk into the Shekinah glory. And when you do, it'll bring shewbread manna that's only given for a separated people. The only thing that can eat it, is permitted to eat it, is just the people who are permitted. And notice it. Paul said you're changing from glory to glory. You see, finally it comes to its, back to its original glory. This is like a seed of a morning glory, the seed of a flower. It falls into the ground. A seed of corn falls into the ground. What's the first thing? It comes up and it's a little sprout. Then it goes to a tassel. Then from a tassel back to its original grain. Well, that's exactly what the church has done. It come from Luther, Wesley, and now back to the original grain, back to its original glory, back to the glory it was at the beginning. The sun that rose in the east is the same sun that's manifesting the same thing in the west, changing from glory to glory. It changed from the pagan down into Luther and from Luther down into Wesley and from Wesley out into Pentecost and on and on, changing from glory to glory, producing the hidden manna. And now it's right to bring him back exactly like he was at the beginning. His same ministry, the same Jesus, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same one that come down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today. From glory to glory to glory and back to its original seat with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same signs, same wonders. Same baptism, same kind of people acting the same way with the same power, the same sensation. It's from glory unto glory. And the next will be changed from this glory into a body like his own glorious body where we shall see him. Abraham saw the same. Now notice, we see how it was changed. Since Calvary, we are invited to share his glory. Now in 1 Corinthians 12, we are baptized into his body. By one spirit, we are all baptized. Not by one water. One spirit, we are all baptized. That's right. Now, and then we become part of him. I hope I'm not keeping you too long. See, I hope I'm not. But it's just like a great symphony that's uh, uh, playing out or acting out a drama. Now, I don't know too much about symphonies or drama, but I was watching this play. I was talking about Carmen when my daughter and them was in it, and they, and they were playing in this symphony in Carmen. They was acting out. The music was, was, uh, was acting out the same thing. That's the way it is when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ. Now, see, many of you have read or heard the story of the great uh, uh, Russian composer who uh, composed Peter and the Wolf and how he, they act that out on symbols and everything. And anyone who knows the story that's reading it off of a paper and can hear that uh, a symphony, how it's acting that out, the drama, playing it out. Well, they know every change. 
They can look at you and see the change. But now what happens if the, if the composer writes something and um, we uh, find out that uh, it isn't uh, just acted outright? We find out then that there's something that happens. There's something like him. When we see uh, them, he who composed it uh, is made it up and wrote it out. And then the symphony is a playing it hits a wrong note. There's something wrong. The director gave the wrong motion. Amen. See, and that's what's the matter today, my Lutheran brethren, my Baptist brethren, my Pentecostal brethren, all my brethren from all different denominations. That's what it is. See, you're trying to give a note that hit back in the days of Luther Wesley like that. When the actually the music sheet here shows, and it's another music sheet. See? See? We can't live in the light of Luther. He was a reformer. We appreciate his, his part, but we've played that out. We're way over here at the back of the book now. See, we can't, we can't play it out like that. Now, the only way that you're ever going to be able to do it, my brethren, is this. And brethren of the world, or the different parts of the world, I might say, there's only one way for that, uh, uh, for that director to do. He has to get in the same spirit that the composer was in. Amen. Then he's got it. And when the church, the symphony itself, where the worlds are watching for these signs and wonders, when the church and the composer and the director all get in the spirit of the composer, then when they say the days of miracles is past, it don't hit the right note. But when it gets in the right swing of it and the right spirit of it, how are you going to do it until the spirit comes down of the composer? Amen. Amen. Then when you say the days of miracles never pass, the symphony cries out, Amen. When we hit say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, the symphony cries out, Amen. You shall receive power after this the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The symphony cries, Amen. I got it. There's no more guesswork about it then. The whole symphony is right in harmony with the word. It's going. <laughs> That's it. Oh, it's a magnificent thing. The director and the composer must be in the same spirit, and so must the musicians be in the same spirit to act it all out. And the world is wondering what's going on. The communism they talk about and they made me sick with it. And all this integration and everything else and segregation. <laughs> oh, mercy. Such all this nonsense. When the coming of the Lord is at hand, there's something hitting wrong. I'm afraid that the director got the directors got out of the spirit of the composer. When we get that composer spirit, that original power of God that the Bible said, man of all was moved by the Holy Ghost to write this Bible. You'll see them two Chinese pieces of paper will come together just like God's Bible and a believer will come together. Because they're both in the same spirit, they're both the same thing. They dovetail right straight together. What we need today is uh, directors. That's right. Back to the Word. Back and believe it, just as it said. Then you see the God himself. That's the unveiling. The drama's made real. Today they say, well, he's a historical God. We know he crossed the Red Sea. He did all this, and he uh, was in the uh, fiery furnace with the Hebrew children. What good's a God of history isn't if he isn't the same today? Man is ever glorifying God for what he did do, thinking of what he will do, and ignoring what he's doing. 
Uh, that's just in man to do that. And it's the same thing today, my brethren. It's the very same thing. Oh, my. Let's get back and get the symphony playing right. Where we the world can see Jesus said, If I be lifted up from this earth, I'll draw all men unto me. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness even in the errors of the Israelites, Lord, to bring back the Ark of the Covenant back to its place. We know, Lord, that we make many errors and we'll suffer, Lord, sometimes the punishment that you set out for us, but ultimately your grace is more than enough for us and it will restore us. We thank you, Lord, that you have that concern like a father to give us discipline, but also to show mercy. Be with us for the remainder of the day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Whatever happened to till death do us part? Does the home reflect the heart? faces tell of worried minds while children search but they can't seem to find it's time we took closer look got back to living by the holy book no compromise without getting slack you see church won't go forward will just go back we'll know the tree by the fruit we see serving God has no in between oh we're either cold or we're hot he said in his word lukewarm shall have no part it's coming down time for all this playing about we're going back to lost or found church we've got to go back it's time to stand our